It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Metter show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That show and this show both also on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are still free. We are still available thanks to our sponsors, and we're on all platforms as well as Twitter. You can find Chris at Russellmania621. Find me at dharrison82. Find the show at Pod Again, Washington football team fans, thank you for making this show your first listen every day. We're going to catch up with head coach Ron Rivera. We're going to talk about some things that he talked about, and we're also going to give our final takeaways from this weekend's loss to the Green Bay Packers. But first, Chris, let's hear a game reaction from one of our good buddies and from a caller, a member of the Washington football team fan base. Man, oh man, oh man. What's up, guys? This is Hogskins. I had to call you guys after this this game. You know, I, I think I have a new name for this team, the uh, Washington Bad News Bears. And for the young fans that don't know what that is, it's a 1976 movie with uh, Walter Matthau. Check it out and you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. But man, this, this team is a joke, man. <laughs> All Heineke had to do was run the ball across the, the goal line instead of doing that little knee dive that he did, whatever that was. Just run the ball across. Would have been down a touchdown. It would have been a new ball game. And I don't even want to talk about everything else that happened after that touchdown that wasn't a touchdown, but man, I just can't take it anymore. Anyway, man, I, I'm just going to go drown my sorrows with a built bar, make me feel a little better, and get ready for the next game. All right, talk to you guys later. All right, thank you very much, Hodgkins. Uh, listen, um, that's always a good thing to do, David, right? Instead of drowning your sorrows in something really bad for you, yeah. uh, to take it out on a built bar, which yep. makes you feel body, it makes your body feel good, because uh, we sure as heck know uh, this football team is not going to make you feel good most Sundays. Um, listen, I, you know, I, <laughs> we 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 had some immediate analysis after the game. My immediate analysis is still my analysis twenty four ish hours later, uh, and that is. Taylor Heineke obviously is in the letter of the law, whether it's a bad rule or not, he is giving himself up. The rule yeah. is written this way, David, when a runner slides feet or head first, and that's the key part here, head first, the ball is dead the instant he touches the ground with anything other than his hands or his feet. That's rule seven, section two, article one. It was amended and changed in 2018. Yep. Now you can argue that it's a bad rule all you want. There are plenty of bad rules, but that's the rule. It's that's the rule. rule he gave himself up when a runner slides feet or head first. And if you look at the video, certainly he lunges 
obviously you can't slide head. Well, I guess you could slide head first, but generally yeah. guys don't do that like they do right. in baseball. So he lunges head first. No, absolutely. It's it's to the letter of the law. And it's a good rule, honestly. Like, there are a lot of rules in the National Football League that I don't like. This is actually a rule, and I remember when it came out, that I do like. And it's, it, you know, it always sucks when uh, the, when a rule that even one that you like kind of bites your side of the of the competition in half. And like we've always said, we want Washington to win because we'd much rather be sitting here talking about why they won and beat the Packers versus why they lost, right? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, don't slide head first because you wear a face mask. Your face mask gets gets dug into the, the Lambeau field you know, turf as you're diving, sliding forward, you're going to break your stinking neck. Um, but it makes complete sense on why when a quarterback goes airborne and they come to the ground, honestly, to a certain extent, you could say when the quarterback makes the dive, they could be down because why? What happens when a defender attacks a quarterback going to the ground and goes low on them? They end up with a penalty, right? So essentially because of that penalty, which is put in place to protect the quarterback from suffering head injuries and, and all those, and it's any player really, uh, all those things, which is a good thing. It created a competitive advantage, especially for quarterbacks, especially for mobile quarterbacks that they could take advantage of by getting out there, run the ball, and then you can get an extra two or three yards. I mean, one yard is three feet, depending on how much speed you got going, depending on how long you are, depending on how, how long you can go parallel to the ground, do your best Superman. Uh, you could get you know a handful of yards in addition to the yards you already got taking advantage of this rule. So the NFL said, okay, we're going to not let defenders hit you when you make this type of a motion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 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 to to even things out a little bit, you also can't continue your forward progress once you touch the ground. Right. And again, I could make the argument that from the spot you dove, you should because if you're not if I'm not allowed to stop you as a defender, you shouldn't be allowed to progress as as an offensive member. So you you could even take it a step further. So yeah, the, the rule is is there for a very good reason. Um, as far as not liking the fact that Taylor Heineke decided to dive, I can I can see that more, but Again, go back and watch the replay. There's a Green Bay Packers defender there on the opposite side of the goal line. Taylor Heineke is getting down because he's being coached to not take those kinds of hits. Now, it looks like the Green Bay Packers defender is kind of pulling up saying, oh, man, we gave up a touchdown. But in the moment there, you're Taylor Heineke. You can't, you can't read that type of body language. You're not seeing that. And then that's kind of what I'm going back to with this whole thing is Taylor Heineke is doing what he's being coached to do. And, and you have a, a takeaway coming up, Chris. I'm going to revisit that mantra. But I want our listeners as they go through our takeaways to remember this Taylor Heineke, the reason Scott Turner brought him to was in Minnesota, Carolina, Washington. The reason Ron Rivera wanted Taylor Heineke on this team is because he's coachable is because they know that when they put him on the field, he's going to do what they're telling him to do. It certainly is a bang, bang decision. I certainly understand your point. Um, but I can also understand the other side uh, too. And there's lots of uh, different oh, yeah, uh, elements, yeah. you know, to this. And, and, and I don't know where the fine, you know, it's a, it's a fine and tricky balance. And I guess we could argue this, you know, forever in a day, here's what I know. I, I, again, I, I don't have a major problem actually with the, with, with the, you know, with the rule overall and with certainly with the application, because, you know, again, if we're going to protect the quarterbacks at all costs, uh, sliding or diving, then, you know, then we have to, we have to have something that, takes away the extra benefit of that, i.e. the extra two or three yards on a slide feet first, or uh, if a knee comes down, again, if it's not of the hands or the feet, if a knee comes down or an elbow comes down uh, and, and then you can't, you can't spot the ball, then after that actually happens, I mean, you just, 
you just can't. So there's a lot of weird rules, but it goes the other way too. I think last year, I think it was Derek Carr for the Las Vegas Raiders dove towards the pylon. His knee hit the turf and in the action of diving, Derek Carr lost the ball. It ends up bouncing through the end zone out the other side, which is supposed to be a a touchback for the other team. Right. But because he dove and because his knee had already touched the, the ground, they said, no, that's not a fumble. The ball was dead at that spot. Therefore, it was still the Raiders right. ball. So in that situation, so again, there, there's a point for the rule. The application just doesn't always work out the way you want it to. Absolutely. And I know Aaron Rodgers shared with Taylor Heineke a frustration of a similar uh, type play a couple of years ago. I mean, listen, again, back and forth, we can go. And, and, and this will never really be settled because nobody's going to like a rule that ultimately cost a team right. a touchdown. Right. Uh, and, and, and all I would say is they still had another chance after that, and they – kind of screwed that up 17 ways to Sunday. And maybe the officials uh, did as well. We'll have a little bit more on that. David, just quickly uh, running through some of the injury updates that Ron Rivera provided us on Monday afternoon. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not even, according to Ron, having an MRI for evaluation for another two weeks. So that takes Mm us to right around the start of the week of preparation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after, after the bye week. So if, if he's not even having an evaluation until then, it would seem to me he's very unlikely to play in that game. Even if he's given the green light to practice, that he would need another week of practice on top of that probably. Uh, and remember, his, his, his snaps would be limited um, if he's the backup quarterback for that Tampa week. So I wouldn't expect to see Ryan Fitzpatrick until after the Tampa Bay game, uh, based on the timeline that Ron Rivera gave us. Also looks like Brandon Scherf uh, possibly could return to practice on Wednesday and possibly play this Sunday in Denver, although that is based on the way Ron said it, kind of 50-50. They might hold off until after the bye. And then Logan Thomas, he said, is getting closer and closer, but we don't have a definitive timeline on Logan Thomas. Again, he's been on IR, whereas Sheriff um, is not on IR. So uh, Sheriff can come back at any point. Logan Thomas um, has missed the three games, I believe, already. New Orleans, Kansas City, and um, and, 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 and yesterday's game uh, in, in Green Bay. So he now can return to practice at least and see where he's at uh, to see if they can get him back for Denver uh, or wait until after the bye. So those are a couple of big injury uh, updates. Hey, Washington football team fans, this is Chris Russell. And we, along with uh, David Harrison, have an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. How cool is that? That's up to 50 cents cash back per gallon on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore, guys. Get cash back using GetUpside. David and I both have it. It's easy to download. It's easy to use. Again, use Touchdown. Uh, If you are listening to this spot and you are going to save up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people drive a lot are 
saving as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. You can get it right added back to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN right now to get up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Along with David Harrison, you can follow him on Twitter at dharrison82, the podcast at LockWFTPod, and me, uh, Chris Russell, at Russellmania621. David, let's hit the voicemail line and say hello to our bud, Daniel, who has some thoughts. Hey, David and Chris. Uh, this is Daniel from Virginia. And man, I am just feeling a little defeated. I mean, I was expecting a loss for today's game, but man, the way we, it seems like every, every opponent we match up against, we can kind of hang in there, but we always shoot ourselves in the foot. With the turnovers, the fumble, like the fumbles, oh man! And uh, like the the moment that I was most pissed about because I think uh, it was David that alluded to this earlier of how when Heineke runs and he like stops short and he can protect himself, that you know that you'd want him to be safe so that he doesn't get hurt, right? But at the same time, you kind of give up that yardage. That kind of showed that problem down the end zone. I mean, honey, like Taylor, like it could have been a one score game early in the third quarter if he just took an additional just two steps and then fell down or if went down head first. Like I don't know how he doesn't have that awareness of where he is on the on the field across that goal line there. It it I was appalled by how like I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised that it got overturned and then we we turn it over in the red zone again. We just every time we get down in the red zone, we can't we can't do anything. It it just it just really pisses me off, man. I I I need to stop going into games with high expectations of our defense and our offense. We're we're pretty much bottom half of the league. I feel like in both areas. I just I just can't bear myself to put myself to that pain anymore, man. Uh, what do y'all think? I uh, I'm just a little defeated right now. Um, and I hate it when you guys are right with your great analysis. Uh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. Uh, and we appreciate the sentiment. And, and David, all, all I know is you can hear the hurt and the pain and the frustration yeah. in Daniel's voice. And I think Daniel speaks for a lot of Washington football team fans uh, and, and people that quite honestly depend, you know, coaches, players, fans, personnel, media, uh, us, you know, uh, that depend on this football team playing relevant football as long as they possibly can. Um, I, I'll say this, and it'll lead into my first takeaway. 
Uh, so I'll blend it together. To Daniel's point, I mean, there's, there, you know, they can hang with a, a bunch of these teams. They can play with these teams. They're not perfect. Uh, they're, they're certainly um, far from great, but they can go toe-to-toe with a bunch of these teams. It's just, to me, five to seven. You know, Ron has often cited, you know, two plays or one play or three plays as being like the ultimate difference. I think it's more than that, David. I, I think it's like five to seven mm-hmm. and seven might be a little low depending on certain games. You know, five might even be a little bit low. So maybe you'd use six to eight, maybe, you know, six to 10. I don't know, but let's just say five to seven plays that go wrong every game and they don't have the talent and the depth to overcome these killer mistakes. And what I mean by that is just from Sunday's game, and we talked about a bunch of these games on the immediate analysis, obviously the Taylor Heineke third down touchdown, non-touchdown that, you know, that Daniel just touched on and that we've talked about. The fourth down quarterback sneak, fumble, whether his knee was down, uh, the, the official gets in the way, they screwed up the timing of that, all that. The previous fourth down incompletion to Terry McLaurin on the far sideline. I'm not sure if that's where you want to go with a quarterback that doesn't have arm strength, timing, and anticipation. Uh, The next fourth down, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones fans out a little bit too much. Taylor Heineke's a little bit late in getting him. The official misses a holding call or defensive. So I I can cite all of these different plays, and they're not so little plays. They're big plays. They're big moments, David. But they don't have the talent and the depth and right now the health to overcome these big, big isolated mistakes. No, they really don't. And, you know, uh, I, I harped on the coaching staff yesterday. So uh, some, some people are definitely going to be sick of hearing me do it, but you know, that that's part of it. But the players, like you said, is also part of it. You mentioned it, having a quarterback do something he's just not equipped to do is coaching. That's, that's coaching, you know, and you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. You can't make Taylor Heineke's arm any stronger than it already is. You can't make him any more accurate than he already is. So you have to work within the framework of what you have. And that's honestly, that's the coach's job. And this is kind of what uh, I've been alluding to a little bit. There's, there's a lack of attention to detail in this organization. And I don't know. That's my, that's my takeaway. I don't know if it's Ron Rivera. I don't know if it, you know, where it starts, where it ends. I don't know if it's just kind of a leftover residual uh, from what everybody has uh, inherited, but they've got to figure out a way to start adding attention to detail here. And again, I hate to keep doing this, but I don't want to spoil one of your final takeaways. So I'm going to kick the can down the road a little bit. Again, this is going to come up uh, later on, but the attention to detail stuff, Taylor Heineke is not a leader. Okay. Taylor Heineke is a leader on the team in, in the aspect because he's a quarterback, but he's not a leader. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and do things to elevate the team just because of his own talent. He is a soldier. He is someone who's going to go out there and go execute the mission and do what he's told to do, do what he's trained to do. This, this expectation of, and this is going to be a contrast, right? LP in Jersey, like, brother, you you roasted me for putting too much on Heineke. Now it's almost like the, the rules have flipped. The fan base is angry at Heineke, and I'm sitting here going, this guy doesn't have the experience to do some of the things that people are expecting him to do. Listen. I know that Ron Rivera, Scott Turner have basically alluded to, not really said definitively that it's up to Taylor Heineke, whether he runs or not. But again, this Taylor Heineke is not a leader. He's a soldier. He's following orders. And I'm, I mean, I don't know what is exactly being said, but he is, he's displaying all the signs of a guy who's just doing what he is told to do. And he's trying to do the best he can with the instruction that he's being given. 
And you go back to the games where he wasn't running. You go back to Kansas City, zero carries, right? To me, that's indicative of a quarterback that's being told, listen, we don't mind your athleticism. We don't mind you running, but we don't want you to rely on it. We want you to go through your reads, let the routes develop, let the play develop ahead of you, read the field instead of looking to tuck and run. So what did he do? He did that. Scott Turner called three plays in that game that moved the pocket, zero design runs. So while Scott Turner says, I don't have a problem with him running, okay, you don't have a problem with it, but you sure as hell aren't leveraging his ability to do it. You go to this game, you go to the Green Bay Packers game, he runs a lot more. So what does that tell me? It tells me that there's a shift in the coaching dynamic, right? Ron Rivera says he's going to change his approach. We saw a replacement on special teams. We saw a position change on defense, and we saw a new approach to what Taylor Heineke does in this game. There's your difference in approach from Ron Rivera. He's taking control over what these coaches are telling their players. And that's what Taylor Heineke is doing. So in this game, he was told, look, don't be afraid to use your legs. If your first, second read's not there, don't go to the third or fourth, go straight into the run. I tweeted out at one point that if you, if, if Taylor Heineke ran at one point and I said, he, you know, he decided to go to his third read, which is run the ball. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, but that's kind of my overall point is Taylor Heineke is out here, not leading the team. He's out here trying to follow orders just like the rest of the team. He's going to be back next week, and hopefully we're going to see an even more improved and even better Taylor Heineke. And if you do, you might be able to make some money off of him. Who knows? But if you do decide to put some money on him, go over to betonline.ag because that remains your number one spot for basketball and football action. That's right. The basketball season is back, so you can go enjoy that new web interface. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Head there now using your computer or mobile device. Sign up today if you haven't already. When you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome to, to bonus on that first deposit, whether you're looking for basketball, football, baseball, postseason action, NHL, boxing, UFC, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, this episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast brought to you by Rock Auto and RockAuto.com. Guys, there's uh, hundreds of makes and models, old, new, foreign, domestic. Whatever parts you might need for your vehicle, whether it's a car or truck, again, foreign or domestic, new or old, rockauto.com is going to be able to save you money, get you what you need. Again, no matter what part it is, major, minor, vanity, or something that you really need to get from point A to point B. Why? Because Rock Auto and rockauto.com is a family business who have been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, right? Why would you want to take it to a car dealership where they're going to jack up the prices, not only for the parts, but also for the labor, when you could do it yourself and get what you need from, again, our friends at rockauto.com. So go there and check out their website. It's easy to use, easy to navigate. And again, you are going to get what you need when you need it. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Back now to wrap up this episode of Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast. Chris, we got two more takeaways from this weekend's loss to the Green Bay Packers. But before we roll into those, let's hear from Todd in Utah. Hello, WFT. This is uh, Todd, Utah. I wanted to give a quick take on uh, Landon Collins. Uh, I think that uh, obviously something like a linebacker-ish role, I think fits him a lot better than uh, trying to be out there running with the speedsters of today's wide receivers. Uh, you know, I played a little high school football and then a little bit of uh, 
semi-pro, which basically is, you know, not even up to the level of college, but played a little bit of ball. And I, uh, I often played linebacker because one, I was too fast to be a lineman and two, I was too slow to be a, a DB. Uh, so what it comes down to it is he's to the point where he's too slow to be out trying to cover people, uh, other than maybe tight ends. Uh, and he's too fast or too small, I should say, to be on the defensive line. Uh, and so it seems like that's kind of the area that he should be nowadays in his career. Otherwise, he's going to see a lot of bench time, in my opinion, or should see a lot of bench time. Just kind of wanted to give my take on that. Uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't fast enough to, to chase the little guys around the, around the field. So I ended up playing linebacker. And so maybe that's, uh, better fits for him. Anyways, thanks for, uh, what you do. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. And David, that's going to lead right into your final takeaway as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it works perfectly. Landon Collins moving to linebacker. Uh, again, listen, the game book lists him as a strong safety. I don't care what you call it. He's playing in the box. Let's just say that. Okay. Uh, and I predicted Chris before the game that he was going to play he his did. fewest snaps uh, of the season. And he did before that it was 58%. He ends up playing 43% of the defensive snaps, but he looked better in the 43% he had. And if he buys into this new role that he has, and continues to allow himself to be coached up and produce a little bit on that side of the ball, we can see the snaps actually go up, and that could actually be a good thing for both Landon and this defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I didn't notice him being great on Sunday, but I also didn't notice him being bad on Sunday. Yes, that's the yeah. point, and that's exactly what the, And it sucks because that's improvement, exactly. but it is. That's improvement. And listen, I, I kind of sent a tweet joke. You know, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but – uh, I put something in there. Landon Collins doesn't like engaging with tight ends. And then uh, like a gif of like, you don't say, and, and he, he, he caught tackled uh, uh, Robert Tanya at one point. And basically, if you don't know that basically he stood there, let Robert Tanya tackle right. him instead of tackling yeah, it was Tanya. national tight ends day. He was being nice to Tanya. There you go. He was just giving that. But if, like, like I said, if Landon Collins commits to this role, maybe goes out there, puts a little bit of yep. muscle on during the season, he could become a very solid part of this defense Again, it's one week, so let's see how it develops. But already in one week, you can see why Ron Rivera wanted him to stay in the yeah, box. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I wanted him to be in the box if he was going to be stuck on this roster forever. I don't know why it took so long for him, meaning uh, Landon, that's fair. Uh, to realize this and fight this. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, my last takeaway um, is going to be something I asked Ron Rivera about. Uh, in the Monday afternoon press conference, David, I'm not sure if you were able to hear this part uh, or not, but I asked him about the quarterback sneak and if the timing of the, the spot of the football and Washington racing out there before the ball was spotted and then having to hold up affected anything on that play, the success, the fumble, the stop, what have you. And Ron admitted uh, you know, to his credit, that they screwed up, that they were not supposed to race out there and and interrupt the spotting of the football until after the football was spotted. Then they're supposed to race to the line, then snap it. So to Ron's credit, give him credit for that. The other uh, one that I asked him about on Monday afternoon was the Ricky Seals-Jones, fourth and goal from the three, Taylor Heineke incomplete. He said both players really were at fault. Uh, one, Ricky Seals-Jones for not coming back to the play a little bit and fanning out too deep or wide, and Taylor Heineke for being mm. a touch late and also a touch wide on his throw. But he also felt clearly, 
he didn't say it as much, but he was disappointed that there was no holding or pass interference called on the play. So just a couple of takeaways uh, there on a couple of big plays that obviously had a, a, a hand in shaping this game. So that fourth takeaway, that's what I've been alluding to. When I've been kicking the can down the road here, yep. that's what I've been alluding to. Uh, Taylor Heineke is a soldier. He's out there doing what he's being told uh-huh. to do. You know this. Some of our listeners may not know this. The headset inside of a quarterback's helmet yep. goes dead at 15, 15. seconds. Yeah. So the offensive coordinator or the co- whoever's talking to the quarterback can talk to him until there's 15 seconds left on the play clock. They come out of that huddle. The play clock hasn't even started yet, which is why the ref stood over the ball, because you can't go out there and execute a play. If the play clock's not running, then they start the play clock. Then yep. they let Taylor Heineke get under center snap the ball. So why did Taylor Heineke go up to the ball before the play clock even started? Because somebody was in his head telling him yeah. to get to the line of scrimmage before the play clock started. And and Ron said it was a coaching right. mistake that they've got, you know, that, that, that was on, on, on them because. You so know. that's what I want everybody to remember. Taylor Heineke is a soldier going out there, doing what his coaches are asking him to do. And the lack of attention to detail and some of these Scott Turner has been in this business long enough to know you cannot go to the line of scrimmage and try to execute a quick snap play until the play clock has started. He should have been sitting there telling Taylor, keep an eye on the clock. When the referee drops his arm, blows the whistle, that thing hits 24. You get your guys on the line. You snap the ball. You execute this play, but he didn't. He said, get up there now. That's why that play went south. That's fair. Thanks to Hogskins. Thanks to Daniel. Thanks to Todd for all the voicemail. want to thank you guys for listening to the Lock on Washington football team podcast and making it your first listen of the day. Come on back later on this week. Uh, David will have a crossover. I'll have an addition by myself, and then we'll rejoin each other for the final game preview for the Denver Broncos. Now make your second listen, the Locked on uh, the, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson giving you the NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. You want a voicemail for the next couple of episodes, please do 301-615-3577 or lockwftpod at gmail.com. It's going to do it for us today. Washington football team fans. Again, thanks for joining us here on LOWFT. We are free and available on all platforms for David Harrison, who is writing for SI.com's Fan Nation about the Washington football team. I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980, the Washington football team flagship station. We'll be back later on this week with more episodes right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.